started using us to do some major repairs at the schools. Uh, he knows us from our work at Park Ridge Hospital, so already, he's already familiar with our, our G contracts and Mike Branham and our team. And, you know, he made the comment when things get difficult, he calls our team to get stuff fixed. Um, it kind of laid out, look, I need full, I want you guys to take care of full coverage on the six high schools. And my guys are going to do all the repairs and work on the, um, the other 24 buildings, but we just need to know what's wrong. And so, you know, I'm a little behind the eight ball because I didn't get a chance to write, help write the RFP, but I know in the RFP there are going to be professional requirements that they're going to require of contractors bidding on this stuff. And some of that stuff, all that stuff fits in our wheelhouse with, um, our professional services. Uh, so I've got a little bit of an inside track. I was, I was asked to come to the table for this. I think we can get skinny on our, our tested and spec price and even our G price to almost get earn this business. And I think it's a 10% shot, but hell, a 10% shot at, you know, a game changer, a game changer um, win for us because that helps all of us because then we can say, hey, we're working with district election district five we're in with some schools you know a win for us for everybody just to get in so that's the kind of angle that i'm playing with so i'm getting real familiar with the south carolina state of south carolina database for uh, bids i see that the only two offices that are vendors are greenville and us are the only two in the state of south carolina system as far as vendors that can bid Um, So I'm learning a lot of, which only takes other offices just need to sign up for it. It's not hard. Um, But, you know, that's the angle I'm taking. And, you know, I've been in bid situations before, and we always talk about how we never win them because of price. Um, We don't have to be the lowest in this scenario. We just have to be competitive is what I was told. You don't get to be the lowest. But you got to be on the same playing field. And I know that we've all been here long enough that we've bid on stuff and we're not even playing the same sport as um, as the other people bidding, right? We, we've been there. So, yeah, that's, a, that's where that's where we are at. You know, that's, where, they that's have. my can angle. I, I, Any advice? Can I ask a couple questions? Yep. The person you're working with, the person who took you to breakfast, the person who told you everything he told you, Mm-hmm. What is his, yeah, I think you said male. What is his position? He is um, he is the director of facilities and operations. Okay. So does he work at district office? He works at the district office. He is the step below the executive director of of operations for the comp for the, the district. And he's charged by David, his boss to get this all together and him and he he's he's the uh the unsaid uh replacement for david in three years so okay let let me change the terms a little bit see if i can understand it better there's a superintendent Mm -hmm. and then there's in many cases there's an assistant superintendent for administration that's over all of the facility stuff yeah is that his boss yeah yeah or his boss's boss no his boss which one? Assistant Superintendent. That's his boss. Assistant Superintendent. Okay. Okay. So your your guy works for the Assistant Superintendent. Right. Okay. That, that's really good. And you're right. You do have an inside track, and I would say more than 10%. But my first thought is, 
especially when it comes to the guaranteed contract. Your guy, what's his name? Uh, Alan. Alan is very clear on what on our guaranteed program because of that other facility you referenced. The hospital, yeah. And he's even a fan. Of, he's even a fan of it. Right. How much? How much to that he has conveyed to his boss, the assistant superintendent, is an unknown variable. And I promise you that no matter how much he likes it, he can't explain it as well as you can. So right. at some point, I'm an audience with that assistant superintendent and you being presenting directly to him with Alan nodding his head and saying yes, I think would go a long, long ways. Because in the end, when the assistant superintendent sees that number, he needs to understand why. Oh, I agree with you. Um, and I'm trying to have that situation, but I don't know how much I can that now the RFP is going to be published. I have to go everything through official channels now. Um, so I'm not totally sure how much I can talk to them right now. Um, they can't give me any information any longer. What about the purchasing process? Do Alan and his boss get to make the final decision? Yes. Or is there a committee that will review the bids? I believe that they get to make, the, the, the three directors, the, the, uh, I think they get to make the decision I'll talk, without going to a board. But I could be totally wrong on that. I think the board just says, I approve, but they pick it and then it gets awarded. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that the, I don't think that the board would be involved at that level. And if you no. guys don't know, the reason that I said that I can speak their language, I'm a former school principal. Gotcha. And I have a few friends that are superintendents. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of know their hierarchy. But the hierarchies that I know are not necessarily in Lexington, and they all vary from place to place at least somewhat. Correct? Right, right. But, but the general structure, there may be a committee not made up of board members. There might be one board member on it, but there may be a committee that will review the bids. But if it is just the assistant superintendent, Alan, and maybe somebody else, then, then you have even a better shot. If yeah. a committee that includes a board member and others, the question right. would be, who's the influencer there and how do you get to them? Right. Well, and I've, I've talked with Alan about David, his boss, like directly. I said, what does David want to see? And he said, David and I are lockstep in this. This is stuff that he inherited that he needs fixed. And he's he's giving me a lot of power to make to help him make these decisions. So, And I can only go on what someone's telling me. So, you know, it's probably somewhere in the middle. It's probably not super autonomous. But that's why he said, Roger, you got to be in the ballpark. You can't be way out of line with your pricing because that's going to outprice you guys. Because I know what you guys charge at the hospital. You Roger, know? is it all? Say that part again. I said, I said it's probably, you know, he, he mentioned to me that his boss, David Weissman, who's the executive that he works for, um, is giving him a lot of leeway to make his recommendation first. But he told me that I've got to be at least in the ballpark because of he knows what our pricing looks like at the hospital system. I at least have to be in line with, and I'm happy who he's inviting the table, like train, we're, we're, our pricing is the same as train and Johnson Control is pretty close. So we've got a shot at, and I know who's bidding up, you know, bidding against us. Are you saying that, are you saying that he thinks the hospital price would not cut it? No, he that said that he high. said that he 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 you know some people would say that our hospital price is a little high, but it was a lot of chillers, a lot of chillers. So, do they have any chillers? They do, and that's what I'm very concerned about. Yeah, our chiller pricing tends to to really move things upward. Yes, um, big time. 
Okay, well, that, that's what I know. Those are my thoughts. But I'll listen more, and I'll chime in wherever I think I can help. Sure. But I think I think you're in a great spot. Congrats. Good luck. Keep it going. But I'm going to stay on the phone and yeah. you and the others. Well, let, well, Matt's got an interesting route, too. And so any advice given to him would be great. So, Matt, tell us about your your what you've got going on. Sure. Who's got any insights on your side? Yeah, I'll share a little bit about my scenario. And then I'd love to hear, uh, Julio, how you know who you were calling on up there and, and also Daniel. So my scenario, I met with the Richland One uh, facilities maintenance guy. Um, I was connected through him through our sister company, of, which is called Tag. Uh, Tag is a part of ABM, and they do electrical work. Well, I, I, I took the guy to lunch who's kind of doing our role as MSR for tag and um I, I got a lot of intel he, he told me who to talk to who he's working with with richland one and basically what they needed help with was a critical health assessment uh, he called it um a, a conditional audit was the word he used a conditional audit of all the equipment that they have so that he could have kind of like a state of the union over all of their 55 schools. Um, he, he currently has no way of knowing where everything stands. And so that was the main thing that he wanted was help trying to figure out where everything is. And he wanted a program. He was very adamant about having a program when I met with him that, you know, after year one, it's not just a binder sitting on his shelf that's got the status of all the equipment, but it's a living program where every year we can update that because the equipment's getting replaced and things are being changed out. And um, so, what we came, I met with him one time, and then I met with him a second time. I brought Christy after we talked about it, and we presented a, this idea of a one year tested inspect um, with a filter change that would get us into like a C4 contractual agreement. We also talked about how uh, Richland One put the GPS, you know, ion units on every piece of, of equipment. They had a grant or the ESSER funds. They used Hoffman to put these GPS systems on, on every HVAC system across 55 schools at about 75 to 100 pieces of equipment per school. And we shared with our contact at the school district that, hey, you know those things every year need to be tested to make sure that they're putting out the right amount of ions like they're supposed to be putting out. So, uh, otherwise, they could not be working. And, and, and he, he took that little bait too and so we're trying to bundle this whole thing into a package. One of the critical parts of the package that he wanted was, um, you know, just like what our counterparts with the electrical systems did, they provided a red, yellow, green Excel spreadsheet showing, okay, these are critical. You've got to fix these issues or you're going to have even major issues or, you know, bigger issues. And then yellow and green on what needs to be repaired. Uh, so we figured our test and inspect would at least provide, okay, with this package unit, it needs a contactor, it needs a new 
pulley and, and the compressors fully charged, it looks good. You know, it would allow us to have a way of testing each piece of equipment and getting that out. So, so that's where we're at with that. Um, I also w- was on the Link MSR roundtable, the quarterly roundtable this week, and I heard how another star service over in Baton Rouge was using the ESSER funds, and they said how in the in the wording it talks about maintenance is is included and they can use the ESSER funds from the government for maintenance. So I, if you looked in the notes of this calendar invite, I I snipped that part. Um, Line item number 14 clearly says HVAC maintenance is allowed for these ESSER funds. And I don't know that our, all of our school districts know that. So I'll pause right there for questions and comments. Anybody want to jump in? I hadn't heard from my big daddy, Daniel. Is he here today? Roger, let, I'm sorry. Matthew, let me, can I throw out a couple things? Yeah, sure. First, first off, from, from our team, from TCS, Chubb has probably, is probably somebody that can help you a lot with ESSER funds and that information. I know you identified number 14, which is, I believe, to be correct. Um, I've worked with a couple of superintendents in relation to ESSER funds, and they're not they're not user-friendly for the superintendents, and they're not I, – I, I just don't understand why it's not like this pot of gold at the end of the proverbial rainbow for the superintendents, but I haven't found that to be the case. Okay, and maybe maybe it's different there, and maybe people there are, are able to look at it differently or fight through the t- the red tape or something. But I understand it to be a bureaucratic nightmare for these administrators. And, and if there's any way for us to simplify it for them, that's why I, that's why I throw the name Chubb in because I think he has looked into some of that. Okay, I have a question for you about your test and inspect. Why why are you including one filter change? Because we were going to be there for the annual test and inspect and thought it would be, well, our contact liked that feed. We got good feedback from him because it's basically like, hey, I know your seven people are doing a good job covering 55 schools, but maybe it would help if we just did one filter change while we're there so that we at least know everything is getting changed annually in case they're missing anything or overlooking something. And he, he was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. I, when I read it, cause I read your notes, it just stuck out to me like, like one, that's, that's different. Well, and, they're doing uh, it now in house. You, right, you have to understand like what I'm trying to do is different than what Roger's trying to do. I, my angle is I'm trying to c- create a package that is, um, gets us out of the box of preventative maintenance and into the box of like a special service that is different. Okay. I I like it. It's very creative. The one thing I might recommend in my limited thinking about this is I would, I would look at what the price is with that one filter change. How many filters are you talking about? Ballpark. Uh, 5,500. 
Yeah, so I, I would I would think about the price with the filter change and the price without the filter change because it's going to significantly drive up your number. Yeah, and maybe, and maybe that's something you want. No, that's I, a good idea. That I would think about. That's a great idea. I appreciate that. As far as the rest of it is concerned, you're you're right. It's a test and a spec, and um, you know a C three, if you will. Is that what it's called, Roger? C three. Uh, well, this would be a C4 because it's kind of... Roger, you mean... Okay. It's one time, so it'd be a C4, not a C3. Okay, C4. Um, I like it. I, I think it's creative. I, I, I hope it works. Um, have you talked to them about the use of investor funds and how easy that is for them and if they can take this from that? Well, I know that they used it for all those GPS And then like past for investor fund allocation. I know that they are familiar with it because they use them for those GPS systems. Sure. Do you know Do you know by when they had to submit to be able to categorize this under PM? No. They may. That, you may want to look at that. That date may have passed. I don't know for a fact. Hey, Daniel, can we hear from you a little bit? Can you hear me at all? Yeah, now we can. Okay. What's up, brother? Okay. Um. So. I, I agree. It'd be great if we could figure out a way for us to be deemed a special service because no one, you know, I don't, as far as my knowledge, except for the Charlotte market, there's no one that offers a G. Um, I think it would be a lot easier to, to do that and capture their attention uh, on the front end of the RFP. And what I mean by that is you don't want it to go out to bid, but just in case it does have to go out to bid being a special service, um, if you could help write the spec. Um, that's what I had. That's what I've done in my previous uh, job when uh, I sold commercial food service equipment, and I would work with the school nutrition directors to, to write that spec for what they you know, for the piece of equipment that they needed. Um, it's different with the service, and to be honest, I have not I, I have not gone after public schools quite yet. Sure, uh, I've gone after I've gone after private schools, and that's a little bit different ballgame. Well, I'm I'm going after those two, or trying to. It, it is a different ball game. Our so the, so one key thing that we haven't talked about yet that our um, my guy mentioned was because we were trying to come up with how are we going to bid this, how are we going to uh, create a price, you know, how are we going to come up with the price? We have to get out and do a survey, and he's like, no, no, no. I've got an Excel spreadsheet that we could use. That's a great start, but. What he wanted to get us approved for is what's called IDIQ, and it's called in, in, indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity. And I just pulled up a a little blurb about it here, but basically, it's for general construction, maintenance, and repair services, and they uh, they award this IDIQ. So. You pretty much give them what your hourly rate is, and you give them what your markup is on equipment changeouts and things like that. And once you're approved, then you basically just do the work and you bill them for it at the at the said hourly rate and the and the markup on, on parts. The said markup. Okay. Yeah. So he was working, to, and and that is anything above five thousand and below two hundred and fifty thousand. So. Again, it was called indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity, and he knows it's going to be expensive. Um, 
our competitor, not competitor, excuse me, the guy with Tag was talking about how it basically was about $2,000 per school for him to do what we're talking about. And he broke that down to uh, 16 minutes per piece of equipment to do a test and inspect. Now that's electrical. That's, that's not like putting up, you know, gauges on each equipment. Yeah. I'm going to say that's uh, yeah. that's pretty, that'd be sporty for us. Right. No, minutes per piece. we know it'll be more than that. Um, but two, $2,000 per school. I, I hope I said school, not a um, piece of equipment, $2,000 per school. And they did 14 schools. So it was right at about 30 grand for, for the, all of the elementary the schools. Yeah. yeah, for a electrical test and inspect. Uh, and that kind of gave me a ballpark price um, and also helped me figure out how they're calculating that. Uh, another interesting thing is our, our folks at, at TAG were working under a random electrical contractor called Frank's Electrical that had been approved for like 20 years for the school districts. And so our guy was not opposed to us working under another contractor's um, approval in order to have us help him with this. Get in the door. Yeah, get in the door yeah. and, and, and do work, you know. That's an interesting situation right there. Yeah, he said that Frank's electrical just takes their quote and marks it up a little bit. But but Frank is the guy that lets them in the schools, shows them around everywhere. <laughs> so that's freaking interesting, isn't it? So, I mean, are, is Tag technically subcontracting him out? Is that what you're saying? Or is it the other way around? Other way around. Okay. We're, they don't have a direct contract with the school district. It's, it's us. They're subs under Frank Electrical. Well, Frank's Electrical. Oh, Frank's Electrical. Yeah, I'm sure he's been around a long time. Yeah. But the other key thing about this whole bid process is they, they talked about uh, being able to put it out for a, a, a highest and best value bid. Like it's not so much about the lowest price. It, if they're trying to get a service approved quickly, they can do this special bid where they send it out and um, we can get approved pretty quick under this IDIQ system. So I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts. Matthew, are you saying that Frank's Electrical has the IDIQ right now? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, and, and then so you, you can turn anything in. Under Frank, Frank would just mark it up a little bit, and you're the one doing the work. And technically, you're doing it for Frank. right. Okay, that's very great. But he was also talking about trying to kick out. Uh, I don't know who it was, Quality Heating and Air, or somebody that he was wanting to kick out of the HVAC approved vendor list uh, because they were not being able to keep up and, and and had labor issues. And so he was talking about kicking one of those out of the approved vendor list. And, and trying to get TCS in there, you know, in that place. That would be even better. Yeah, it would. Who are you talking to, Julio, um, at your school district, and how did you get in? What was the, the talk track that you used to get into whoever you were talking to? 
Mine started with a superintendent because of, he's a friend. Gotcha. Great. And then other, and then on the private side. Uh, I lost you, Julio. You said you were talking to the superintendent because he's a friend, and then on the private side, I lost you. On, on the private side, the charter schools, I either go to the principal or there might even be a director who, who is over the principal. Either way, they all report up to a board. Okay. And then when I work with the superintendent, he he will hand me over to his assistant superintendent, which is why I was asking Roger about you know what David's position was, and that's the equivalent of the assistant superintendent who manages that for the superintendent. So, first of all, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm impressed that you were talking to the superintendent. That's who we need to be talking to from, you know, they're the final decision maker, it sounds like. Uh, what, I, what I thought was a way to call on Technic, these... Technically the board. Okay. Hey, Matthew, technically the board is the final decision. Gotcha. And oftentimes the board is the rubber stamp. However... Um, it's, it's extremely political, and if you if you understand that if the superintendent is relatively new and the entire board hired him, it'll probably be a rubber stamp. If the assistant super or the superintendent's been there for eight years and the board has completely turned, that superintendent, statistically speaking, will not have as much pull. Right. The board that hires the soup is not going to be the board that fires the soup. And that really plays a factor, and that that also leads to how aggressive they will or will not be. I know it sounds strange, but I'm telling you that's the way it works. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, so this goes back into my email. Um, I'm really trying to come up with something so that when Roger and I, or when all of us and on this call are calling on schools, whether it's public or private and we're calling on that superintendent, we've got a program that's so different that we don't get put in that box of, oh, PMs, yeah, we have a team that handles that, and we are working with a contractor that does PMs. I was trying to come up with some something different, a program like a critical health assessment that would at least get us starting to work with these folks that stood us out a little bit different. Um, so, can, can I ask you a question? Sure. Is dynamic a different approach for them, considering that over fifty percent of their consumption is through through the system, mechanical systems? Yeah. So I have some thoughts on that. Both Roger and my contact, the moment we started talking about energy, like they were nodding and smiling and saying yes, yes, yes. And they told us who their energy manager is, but they didn't want to go down that route because it's really a whole different animal. Uh, the energy, the energy manager piece, it was kind of like it really bogged down what my guy was trying to do. It, my guy is not worried at all about energy. He's worried about the reason why he finally accepted my call after three months of calling him, you know, over twenty times. The reason why he finally answered my call one day was because he had like, I forgot the number, but let's just say 12 of the units in the classrooms all died at one school at one time. And they're like $25,000 a piece. And he realized his team wasn't doing the PM on those. 
uh, and he was pissed, and he was having to scramble to find like one point five million dollars to replace these these units. Yeah. So wow. he he was worried about like the the pain was real because he he didn't know is this going to happen again to another school, and if so, like I got to prepare for this. But I he has no way of knowing across fifty five schools what's going to go when. And no way of preparing for one point five million or one point two million for fifty five schools. Yeah, one point five million was just for one school to get it back up and going again. Not to not to mention thirty week lead time. So he's now got to like scramble to put in mini splits to to keep them, you know, not from being hot or cold. He's got to randomly put in mini splits into classrooms because that's all he can get right now until he can get other equipment. So he's in a big mess, and, and he was like, "Man, I have no manpower to, and I know it'll be expensive, but I I've got to like get a pulse of." where we are like a state of the union of all of our equipment. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity because it's so different. Uh, there's definite pain and they're definitely aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we're, we're past our little 30 minute window here, but, um, if anybody has any final thoughts, I, I'll keep you posted on how things progress with our, our school district here. Good good luck to both of you. If you want to call me offline, I don't know that I can help, but I promise you I'll do whatever I can. Um, Roger, I had one more thought if you want to talk offline later. I know he had to step out of the office. He, I think he's okay. still listening. but. All right. Okay. Daniel, yeah, good luck to both of you. It sounds like you are two opportunities. Yeah, man. Appreciate that, Daniel. Uh, and Julio, uh, one more thing I thought about. Were you trying to go the dynamic route for the school district? Is that your angle? Uh, actually, when I started with them, um, we dynamic was not even in our vocabulary at the time. But I did talk about energy savings. Remember the old spiel, for lack of a better term, energy consumption and energy saving. And it's even part of the financial analysis. And I got the same reception that you did, Matthew. The minute we talk about energy savings, they, the school districts, feel like they've already checked that box. Right. And they've got energy consultants and energy, and they've done this and that, and they, you know. I think they're, to go there, they're I think they're covered up with folks calling on them about energy savings. Um, Could be. And, they, and they've done things that they feel that they've checked the box. Yeah. And and it's not it's not answering their pain. <laughs> Right. My guy, right. well, at least my guy's pain. My guy's pain was, I don't know what's going to die next. How am I supposed to plan for this and budget for this? I can barely keep up with our work orders for current, you know, current reactive problems we have in the field. So talking about energy, I talked about it a minute and I realized that was going down a wrong trail and he was backing up. And so yeah. I, I took it off the table and said, let's just talk about that later. Let me leave you guys with a little humor, Matthew, about what happened where, where I went. Sure. And you don't know the school district, so I can tell you the story. Um, long story short, they, they, like most school districts, have an in-house staff. They, like most districts, um, are getting a little old in age with the in-house staff, and they're not able to get to everything anymore. So this district said that anything 25 tons and larger would be outsourced. That makes sense, right? Sure. The company that took the 25 tons and larger 
are it, the company is owned by the father-in-law of the superintendent. Nice. No corruption there. <laughs> Sounds squeaky clean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I I assume I assume it was a really clean process, and the guy does a great job because the superintendent is a friend of mine. So uh, one thing, is, you know. So I, I see. I told the superintendent, man, if I were you, I would not change that company for a million bucks because I got to have Thanksgiving dinner with that company's daughter every year. Right. I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> Well, one of the key things that I was sharing yesterday to Roger and Christy was as much as our maintenance folks tell me we don't want to work on those scholar units, some people call them barred units in the classroom, some people call them MERV air units, I think you guys know what I'm talking about, that was his pain, that was the main issue he had. He, he says they're all about 20 years old and and they're, he feels like they're about to fall apart on him. And, and that's those are the actual units that broke on him that he had to come up with a million and a half dollars. So this whole test and inspect is going to I'm 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 pushing that it's not just the chillers and the big package units in the hallways, but it's these it's specifically these um, scholar units in the classrooms. And, and we might as well uh, look at those ventilation fans. You know, I, I come back to our training we just did after the retreat where, you know, Kent was talking about how important those ventilation fans are for the whole building performance. So I, I think that I'm going to try to push toward all mechanical HVAC related equipment, including the scholar units in the classrooms and the, the fans that have belts and things like that. All, all of that needs to be assessed. My thought would be it's a good idea as long as Christy says her team can support it. And <laughs> just keep in mind, I don't know how price sensitive they are, but every addition, whether it's that or the filters or whatever, it's just going to continuously drive up your price. Yeah. And maybe we just get but, in the but door. Better service, yes. Right. But I can't, I, I guess my message to Christy was, as much as our guys don't like, and it's not ideal to work on those scholar units, we have to do it with the schools. That's what's in the classrooms. That's the main pain point. Are those annoying barred units or whatever you want to call them, you know, like, and so she, she kind of understood that, I guess I, 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 you know, I didn't get a jumping up and down like, yes, we'll work on them. But, uh, that's just part of dealing with the school that they're in every school, you know? I also think that part of an MSR's job is to push the GMs a little bit. Absolutely. And, but also be, but also understand and where, you know, that they're responsible not just for the sales side of the equation, but also for the operation side. And they'll know how much they can take. They'll know how much they can accept. If she accepts it after you push her, then it's, you know, then she knows that she can get it done. And if she tells you no, I would assume it's an honest no. She can't get it done. Right. Yeah, good point. All right, guys. Well, if nobody has anything else, this has been helpful. But if you respect me, push them. Yeah. It's good stuff. Last call. 
No, this is really good stuff, man. I, I like talking about this stuff. I know, it's exciting, man. Yeah. It'd be awesome if we could figure out just an angle in. And then if you guys can get this in Colombia, we can kind of use this for reference in other places. So, well, I mean, it's awesome. I was telling Roger um, yesterday, and you know, Roger's doing the bid thing because he was brought in early on the bid, and that's that's something that is we actually have a little chance, you know, like it's a, we feel good about it. After talking with my guy though, I think that this is something that we can cold call superintendents. If we get this little package worked out, we could cold call these superintendents at all the school districts um, over time, right? Um, Strategically, but have a message that is so different and so helpful and is more along the lines of the critical assessment, you know, critical health assessment program that it seems to me like they would be like, you know what, we don't actually have a state of the union on all of our HVAC equipment. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I would say most of them do not. I know. Yeah, I would say most school districts do not. They're relying on somebody making an hourly wage to tell them that everything's okay. They don't know any different, and they just trust that guy's word for it. And yes, he's got all types of skeletons in the closet. I've seen it everywhere I've gone. You know, yeah, um, that's and, and it's that guy's job to ensure that everything's running okay. So if he goes and says it's not, right. he's basically saying I haven't done my job. Exactly. Well, so the main idea came from from when I was looking at and talking to this guy from our electrical sister company. And he says they provide this binder and in the back of the binder has a, a, a thumb drive. The thumb drive has all of their technicians photos on there so they can go back and look at them if they want to. But it's got in the binder, it provides photos of major issues. So when this guy with the school district is flipping through and looking at all these red tagged items of red issues not only does he see in writing what the technician says needs to be repaired but he can see a photo of it uh, and and he can then decide with the help of his board or his boss he can then decide okay guys are we going to do this in-house or are we going to have an electrical contractor come back and fix this this problem and he's like there's some things we just fix you know because they're small and we can do it in-house but it gives them like enough photos enough verbiage enough write-up enough of a test and inspect that they can actually go out and fix the problems themselves or hire other people to do it and that's the part where our test and inspect i was like that's exactly what we do it would, it would all be written up in the work order. It would get all of the serial numbers in our system. It would get all the model numbers in our system. So we could, you know, update it annually and provide him with that annual program that he's wanting. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be... Hey, man, I, I like it. I like it, but I got to run. Go, go get I want to know more about this, too. I mean, I mean, this helps all of us see you guys going through this, for sure. See you, Julio. I know you got to go. All right, guys. Hey, Daniel, be good, man. It's good. Good hearing your voice. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. You kind of <laughs> turned <welcome>. me on. <laughs> turned on, big daddy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, y'all have a good rest of the morning. I'll, uh, I'll look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Yeah, guys. We'll talk to you later.
All right. All right. Bye. See you.